All right, I think we're ready to call um, the City Council work session meeting to order for Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. And it is 5.05. Um, very happy for everybody being here today. And this is a new world that we're living in, the world of, of, of virtual meetings and appreciate the opportunity to continue to meet and have discussions with council in our community. Um, our first item we're gonna be talking about, of course, is COVID-19 and we'll get some updates for staff. As many of you know, this is a hard time for, um, for our community with, from those experiencing the illness uh, from the virus um, to those that are self-isolating to all the changes within our economic um, world as far as individuals losing their, being laid off their jobs and things are very uncertain right now. But here at the city, we are definitely working hard. There's a lot of behind the scenes being done, not only here at the city, but at Johnson County through the emergency joint entities and public health at Johnson County. And so just know that we are working hard and doing what we can to help navigate COVID-19 in our community. I wanted to ask Jeff Bruin, our city manager, to give us some updates from the city perspective because there's been a lot of changes here at City Hall. Um, so I wanted to get, get some of that updates. Thank you, Mayor. I wanna start with uh, a few thank yous. Uh, first to all the agencies involved in the Johnson County Emergency Operations Center, all the other cities, county, uh, medical providers, hospitals, um, emergency management folks. Just a, it's been a, a, a great experience um, getting to be a part of that group and working collaboratively on this uh, crisis that we face. Uh, everybody is working extremely well together and, and uh, I think the community should be uh, take comfort knowing that uh, this is not a, uh, a city by city response, but a unified response here. I uh, also want to thank the state delegation that we have. They've been incredibly supportive. Uh, I've had a number of our uh, uh, state representatives uh, reach out and ask how they can help and share information. Uh, so that communication has been very positive as well. Uh, thank you to the city council and to the mayor for your support uh, through this time. Uh, the mayor in particular has been working a long, <laughs> long days uh, managing both uh, the city business and uh, his own uh, personal business as well. So, uh, Mayor, I appreciate all the time that you you put in and the guidance you've given me and the other staff members here. Of course, thank the community for, for their understanding of the patients as our service delivery model has been uh, turned on its head the last uh, couple of weeks. And uh, I want to end with a, a big thank you to city employees. Uh, it, it, it's amazing how adaptive and resilient they have been, how creative they have been. Uh, in in, in uh, meeting the challenges uh, we've faced the last couple of weeks and uh, just proud to be a part of a team that has uh, worked so hard and responded so well uh, to this uh, crisis today. The speed of change has been incredible. Uh, I've certainly never experienced anything like that. Uh, you have days that feel like months and I'm really just proud of, again of how we've been able to adapt to that speed of change. Um, I want to give a quick rundown of our services, probably take uh, 15 to, to 20 minutes and just give you a sense of uh, where we are with each of our major operations. 
and then uh, answer any questions uh, that you may have uh, and certainly look forward to any discussion that you have on, on steps that we should be thinking about as we, uh, as we look ahead. For our fire department, uh, our call volume remains pretty steady in the fire department. Uh, we've experienced great coordination with our uh, 911 dispatch team and the Johnson County Public Health team regarding uh, cases where there's been a response to anybody that has tested positive. Uh, we've made some shift changes to uh, prioritize keeping firefighters healthy for the duration of the crisis. And this includes keeping uh, some healthy firefighters home and available for call-in when we are staffed over our minimum levels. Our fire leadership is also leading our command post operations and is the primary liaison with the Johnson County Emergency Operations Center. Police department has seen our call volume trending down a bit, uh, but as we learned last night, we still have serious incidents to respond to in the community and we stand ready to do that. We have uh, similarly taken actions to, to limit officer interactions in order to keep our workforce healthy for the duration of this crisis. Uh, like fire, this includes some work from home assignments for healthy officers when our minimum staffing levels uh, have already been met. In these cases, the officers stand ready to report uh, uh, if needed at any time during their scheduled shift. We do have some police work groups that are working full time from home uh, and we've allowed the police department to spread, spread out a little bit here in uh, City Hall to give them uh, a little bit, uh, again, more room to, to spread out so they're not uh, working so closely together in the, in the uh, station. Transportation services. Uh, we have maintained transit service uh, to provide essential access to work, food, and pharmacies. Spring break, our ridership was down about 50 to 60% on average per day. And yesterday, uh, the first day uh, following spring break, we were down 80% uh, compared to the same day last year. We have eliminated fares and asked for those that can to board from the back of the bus to help protect our drivers. On the parking side of that operation, uh, we went uh, free parking in our decks this week after seeing our parking deck occupancy dip around 20% uh, during the spring break week. Our street uh, enforcement of parking regulations is very limited. Um, we are making sure that uh, the stores that are open have access for deliveries uh, for uh, any restaurants doing curbside pickup. We're making sure that those areas remain open and, and certainly protecting uh, the space around fire hydrants and things of that nature. Extra attention on, on the, the transportation services staff has been given to uh, cleaning the buses and high touch areas throughout the downtown. In our public works operation, our primary concern is in our water and sewer operations. We wanna make sure that we're well staffed and we're protecting that staff and keeping them healthy to continue those uh, critical operations for the community. We are cross training when needed and changing shift schedules uh, in order to uh, accomplish that goal. Our water shutoffs have been suspended. We are no longer shutting off water and we are, uh, a team has been working to contact anybody that has had water shut off prior to uh, this crisis uh, to make sure that if they're still living in those units that we can get that water back on for them. Our landfill is transitioning to a Monday through Friday operation next week. We're preparing for that and that allow us to reduce the number of on-site staff and rotate teams of experienced people from week to week. Again, another critical operation that we really have to be thinking about long-term and making sure that we have enough staff to operate that. So you'll hear that frequently and how we're dividing our staff into teams and rotating those teams to limit interaction. Waste recycling and yard waste is continuing as, as usual, and we've worked to identify 
a number of employees in other parts of our organization uh, that can be cross-trained in that should we start to uh, experience any dip in our workforce and in that operation. Uh, if needed, um, we do uh, have plans in place that we could uh, call upon to reduce uh, the frequency of our recycling and organics, uh, but we're uh, not ready to make that call quite yet. Our street operations uh, continue uh, with two teams of alternating assignments, and the streets team is a, is, a, is, a, is a backup for a number of operations, including waste, water, and equipment. So kudos to that staff for being so flexible and uh, for their uh, willingness to step up to uh, help out with a number of different, our, our different operations. In the engineering divisions, we continue to have construction projects move forward in the community, so our inspectors will continue to do their daily work uh, we're also trying to keep our planned public improvements on schedule to the best of our ability. So uh, a lot of uh, engineering is, is business as usual for the time being. At our senior center, all staff are working from home. Uh, they're busy developing digital programming, planning for uh, future programming and fundraising efforts, updating uh, facility policies, and seeking out future grant sources. Uh, they are also making individual calls to all of our senior center members, uh, a little shy of 2,000 there, and doing their best to connect any member who may be in need of community resources. The Parks and Recreation staff pulled together a daycare program, which started this week for city employees that is being run at the Mercer Recreation Center. Open slots in this program are being offered to other agencies involved in the Emergency Operations Center. We also have some of our rental housing inspectors assisting uh, with the building needs for this new undertaking. Our park staff are doing basic maintenance throughout the park system, preparing for the growing season. They're also assisting other operations like our government buildings that does a lot of our custodial work uh, throughout the city facilities. Parks is implementing shift changes as well to keep work crews separated while completing those basic duties. I mentioned our government building staff, they have certainly been working hard uh, to focus on enhanced cleanings, especially high touch areas and in locations where employees are still working every day. Transitioning to our neighborhood and development services staff, you know, building inspections are still incurring, but we have our inspectors working from their vehicles only. Rental inspections are uh, limited as well, and staff is exploring electronic inspections and photo documentations going forward so we can resume uh, a higher level of rental inspections. Uh, same goes on the building side. We are working on electronic uh, inspections for um, homes or, or businesses that may be occupied at the time the inspections are needed. The Housing Authority has a rotation of work from home and office presence. In our community development, MPO, and planning staff are all on work from home assignment right now. At the Iowa City Public Library, everybody is on work from home status. Uh, they're performing duties very similar to what the senior center was doing uh, with online chat features as well, and looking at how best they can deliver their programming uh, electronically. Our finance department. <clears throat> As you can imagine, the IT staff has been pretty popular uh, these past two weeks as people gear up for work from home assignments. That staff has worked incredibly hard uh, to make sure that we have remote access uh, for dozens and dozens of staff. They have helped educate us on virtual meeting capabilities, conference call features, and other e-tools to keep us productive as possible. Accounting staff. Accounting staff has been super busy adjusting our payroll software. Just about everybody has experienced different uh, changes in their schedules 
And of course, that all has to be entered into our accounting software to make sure that people are properly getting paid. They're also busy tracking COVID-19 related expenses and preparing for any federal reimbursement opportunities that may come with those tracking efforts. In addition to uh, unplanned expenditures, we're gonna be uh, tracking our declines in revenues. Uh, we expect noticeable declines in hotel motel taxes, motor fuel taxes, parking payments, transit fares, user fees, and others. It's too early to know if property tax collections will be down this year, but that's something we're certainly monitoring very closely. Another busy group has been our three-person uh, human resources team. As you can imagine, it's been a huge lift for them these weeks, analyzing the new health guidance that was coming out. Uh, sometimes it seemed like uh, new guidance out every hour and evaluating its impact on our personnel policies and individual positions here at the, at the city. It's been a very resourceful team and they are now, uh, they now have a reduced presence here at City Hall with some work from home and some shift assignments. Our human rights staff um, are, are working remotely, but many of their duties uh, continue without change. They still have investigations to process. And we all know that these stressful times can also lead to an uptick in complaints uh, to, to their office as well. They'll continue with those efforts and develop public education campaigns during this time. The communication staff has been extremely busy putting in long hours uh, uh, throughout the week and weekend. Uh, trying to digest uh, a lot of information and distill key messages to a variety of our platforms. We have added to the team uh, from other areas of our operation and may need to continue to shift more resources to our communications team to keep up with the messaging needs that, uh, that we have. In addition to helping uh, communicate messages from the city, our staff has also been assisting the Johnson County EOC with their messaging needs as well. I'll wrap up with economic development. We've halted most of our traditional work in this area and turned uh, Wendy Ford's attention to monitoring federal and state aid packages. She's also researching local aid efforts that may be emerging in other communities and serving as our liaison with the business community. Uh, I'll transition that into the economic impact of, of this crisis. We know the economic impact is already staggering and will continue to grow in the coming weeks. The magnitude of business loss far exceeds any scope of response that a city could provide on its own. We do expect the third round of federal uh, coronavirus legislation to pass this week, hopefully. And yesterday, the state announced a grant program for small businesses. We are very interested uh, in what role the city may play, but first we need to accurately project our own financial losses and capacity to offer new programs. If we have the capacity, I would envision the local programs attempting to fill gaps not adequately addressed by the federal and state governments. We'll keep monitoring this and do our best to assess the needs of the local business community. Uh, and I'd like to acknowledge the combined efforts of uh, the Iowa City Area Development Group, the Business Partnership, Downtown District, and Think Iowa City, who have really come together and collectively are doing a great job uh, reaching out to our business community with the latest um, information that's uh, that's coming out of um, the state and federal government, as well as our local partners here. Um, they are going to be a, a key in our response to the business uh, community, and we look forward to partnering with those groups going forward. Uh, with that, I'll just end with a, a statement that we remain very focused on making sure our essential services can be sustained in the coming weeks and months. Um, obviously, this isn't a, a short-term issue, and the changes that we are making 
uh, will hopefully prepare us to, to be uh, responsive with our city services uh, for many months to come if that is indeed needed. Uh, we want to make sure that we also remain a trusted source of up-to-date information. So our communications will also be a top focus going forward. Uh, happy to answer any questions that the council may have at this time. Did you have a, um, anyone that has a comment, just jump right in and for any questions for Jeff, please just jump right on in. Um, I don't have any questions at this point, but I really do want to uh, underscore the, the shout out to all city employees who have been incredibly flexible, who have been working incredibly hard uh, and who are picking up uh, picking up jobs they may never have imagined they would do. Yeah, I do have one question about uh, the status of students after spring break. So earlier last week, uh, the president of UISG and GPSG um, recommended that students who are away from break over break do not return to Iowa City and that um, students who are in Iowa City should return to their hometowns if possible. Um, does the city have any, um, comment on this, like, or, um, recommendation for what students should do who are in Iowa city at the moment? I think we, um, publicly talked about, you know, staying at home as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do understand your question is really related to uh, potentially the request for the for students to come back to the university and get their items. Um, I'm assuming that has a little bit to do with your questions. As far as I know, our, our, our message to people in our community is really um, for non-essential, uh, you know, activities to stay at home. Mm -hmm. That conversations that students would have with the university, we won't weigh in on. Mm -hmm. um, if they have challenges to go and get their items, I think that's something that the university um, has to really deal with themselves. So our message is still the same, to stay at home and uh, keep your um, activities to essential. Um, and that's our message. All right, thank you. I guess I just wanted to weigh in to um, reiterate the thanks to city staff for being so resilient and um, able to accommodate such a rapidly changing landscape so quickly and and hopefully. Um, I also just wanted to, to kind of take a moment to reiterate all the updates that Jeff gave relating to city services and city staff. Um, you know, those program programmatic changes can't happen instantly, right? We're developing plans um, and accommodating what needs to happen you know, on, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And so I just want to reiterate to the public from someone who's been able to have a little bit of an inside view as this is all happening, that Iowa City's response to this pandemic, I believe, is really focused on uh, helping the most vulnerable people in our community and protecting them, on focusing on public health and having that prioritized um, above, you know, any other factor is the health and safety of everyone here. 
and then trying to get the message out. And Jeff spoke very well to that too. But when there's, um, it's hard to know the, what sources to look at and how frequently and, um, unfortunately not locally, but, but, you know, on a more general scale, sometimes it's hard to know what to trust. And so I think it's important for people in Iowa city to know, to look to the city of Iowa city and Johns County public health for that information directly from those sources. And to know that people are working really, really hard and really consistently to get good information out as quickly as possible. Uh, I'll, I'll, can anyone hear, can you, can you all hear me? Yes. Uh, I just echo what, what everyone has been saying and, and thank staff for their um, update and the comprehensiveness of it. Uh, this is this is a very challenging time we're going through, and um, you know we have to be both nimble on the one hand, and uh, also cut one another and ourselves some slack. It's sort of a, a strange position to be in because we do have to be innovative and, and on our feet, but at the same time uh, give each other some space and uh, both social distance space, but also just cut each other some slack as we move through this. But uh, thanks again to to the staff, the community. Um, this has truly been a, a challenging time. Just, I just had a comment to. You're still on mute, Pauline. Look for the little red microphone icon. I'll get the hang of this. There you go. There you go. No, there I got it. Um, I just wanted to thank you, Jeff, for that very thorough report and, and echo what everyone else has said to uh, thank our wonderful staff for everything they've done to continue to provide you know, the service that uh, we need for our community. Uh, as everyone said, it's a very trying time and something we haven't been through before, but uh, we will get through this. and. Uh, thank you to everybody and stay well. I also would like to say the same thing. Thank you, staff. You've been working like around the clock to to make sure everybody is safe. Uh, thank you for all the, the, the thing that the mayor has done during this time. But I really especially want to thank you for keeping on our employee, the non-essential worker at home, and even help the essential worker, some of them to work, some of them to work home. This is really, uh, you know, a step that uh, made me happy that we care about our employees, and we are setting the standard high for the rest of the community that how we care about our employees. And also, I would like to really thank you for keeping paying them, and especially for the hourly workers. Uh, you guys really done a lot of good work and keep it up. Thank you.
right. Well, I wanted to uh, definitely step in and, and, and give a great thank you to our city manager for um, just being humble and, and really consistently working day in and day out. Um, he and Eleanor as well. And there's a lot of other staff that um, I want to give a shout out to the communications, uh, Shannon and her team, as well as our uh, police department. They're doing a phenomenal job. Um, and our fire chief was really leading our emergency efforts here. Uh, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And, um, and you know, every aspect of our of the staff here at the city, all, all across the sectors, um, the accommodations that are being made and asked for, uh, we're, we're really pleased for all that you're doing. Um, Self-isolating, of course, is something uh, that people in our community are doing on their own. And we really appreciate that. Businesses are also stepping up and bringing their non-essential workers within their operations down to a skeletal scale. And, and even, you know, the virtual uh, meetings that are happening throughout our community, people are doing this prior to even being uh, really publicly asked. And so we live in a very fortunate and blessed community um, because people really are taking care, care of each other by doing these acts. And so I'm very appreciative for all of that. Um, social services that are out there, figuring out ways to help our community, our citizens, um, fill in the gaps and uh, to the shelter house. Um, we're very pleased to know that they're really looking out for our um, individuals that are homeless and taking some steps there. I don't want to call too many um, uh, business names out there because I don't want to um, miss anyone, but there's a lot of social services out there that are really stepping up and doing what they can. Um, on a global um, effort within the community. And we're seeing these, um, these barriers of this is my agency, this is my agency. We're seeing those really go by the wayside and people are collaborating to find and, and share resources. Um, so very pleased and thankful for all of those um, social agencies out there and to the people that are suffering um, in various ways, again, those that are um, you know, in um, dealing with the virus themselves and having some health concerns. Um, I know someone that actually went through it. And it is, it, you know, for some people, it's um, kind of easy going. And for others, it can, it can uh, take you for a loop. And so uh, to all of those that are really suffering, we are, uh, I'm definitely um, keeping you in my thoughts and, um, and in my prayers um, and hoping for, um, our leadership in our community to continue to navigate this collectively and find, um, um, you know, those solutions that we can create to keep our population safe. Uh, there is a, a, a group even looking at our most vulnerable population, those uh, within our long-term care facilities like the nursing homes and, and um, other um, people with medically chronic illness. So very appreciative to uh, there being some intentional thoughts and some planning around that. We're, we really are in a blessed community, even though we have some real unfortunate events happening locally and globally. And so thanks um, for everybody and what they're doing uh, during this COVID-19.
If, if there's no one um, wanting to make any more comments on this um, item, then I will move on to the clarifications of agenda items. Hey, Bruce, can I say something? Absolutely. So I just I just wanted to, to share a few thoughts um, as someone who has lived in areas where there were essentially pandemics before, um, SARS in Toronto and H1N1 in Mexico City, it, to me, what, this, what the government here is doing and the governments in the county and elsewhere are doing is really, um, are really crucial. Um, the, the, this is what government is for. I mean, the, the situations like this are when um, governments and, and people we've seen in the city and others really step up and serve their community. And, I, and from my perspective, there are, there are a number of things that can happen in order to maximize the, the, the trust that the community puts in, in us. One, as you've already mentioned, is, is different levels of government working together. And we saw that really on, uh, especially on Sunday with the announcement by the three mayors. Um, the another is this recognition that we we have a responsibility really to the a larger region, not just Iowa City or Johnson County, because our medical facilities serve a much greater catchment area. Um, let what other things that build trust are letting the experts, the scientists speak and lead the way. Um, and communication, just a real shout out to the communication staff from from my experience, we can't we cannot communicate too much, uh, and and that's one of the things that that people will come to depend on. Um, you mentioned people who are hurting a lot, and there are lots of efforts, including one I think that Austin had, is is leading that's helping the community. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention is it's super important to um, contain the rumor mill. If there are if people if people if you all if people hear rumors. I really urge them to look to trusted sites, to websites, to what's on the city and the county and and the state and the public health and the CDC sites, uh, and to go to trusted sources because um, disinformation can literally kill. And it's incredibly important that that people be mindful of the rumor mill. Thanks very much. All right, thank you for that. And if anyone else wants to jump in, please just, um, it's a little challenging uh, virtually to know when someone wants to make a comment, but uh, feel free to jump in at any point if uh, I'm moving too fast or if you want to um, chime in on an item and, and, and just feel free to jump on in there. Thank you, Janice. So a clarification of agenda items. Jeff, this is Susan. I've got a question, um, and I apologize. I don't have the the uh, number right in front of me, but it's with the east side water pressure area. I don't know if engineering staff is on. The engineer's estimate on that was like, I think around 240,000, and the lowest bid came in about 350,000. Just kind of curious if we had any reasons of why our estimates were off so much or if just engineering or if just you know prices have gone up and it's related to this at all or i guess it's 6j actually the water distribution east pressure zone project susan this is ron connected public works director uh as, as we analyze the bid results on that uh i think 
we had two bids that were fairly close together, um, and then the other bid is a little bit higher than that. Uh, based on the analysis in uh, the, the small quantities that were a part of that project, that made it difficult to estimate that one. Okay. So I feel confident and comfortable with moving forward with the low bid that we did receive. Okay. Thank you. I'm just curious because of the significant difference, but thanks. Appreciate it. Any other items? Hey, this is Pauline. Did I unmute it okay? Or? Yes. You hear me? I had a question for Eleanor. There was an item in the consent agenda, the 5A2, about the TCB pool hall. Uh, they said that they were delaying the purchase of that, and so could we pull their permit? Is that allowable? We can do that? So would we just pull that out of that consent agenda when it comes to that time? Okay, thanks. The other one I just comment on, I just thank staff and police, I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, the police department, the contract we have, I mean, a five-year agreement is almost unprecedented. And so to get that contract that I think is very, um, very fair to our employees, but also gives us um, from the management side a little bit um, of improvement on certain things um, is certainly really nice and gives us some certainty for the future. So uh, kudos to staff for getting that negotiated. I, I agree, Susan, that was an amazing contract accomplishment. Item 6E, uh, we did have a resignation um, from the uh, community review board, police uh, review board, and just wanted to just say thank you to Samuel Conaway um, for for services there. We 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 got an actual official resignation letter from him because I had concerns about him because no one had heard from him since October. It, it's in the late handouts. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I missed that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And item 6I, I was wondering if we could pull that out for discussion because we've just received numerous correspondence uh, regarding those speed humps. And I think we should have some discussion on that. Would everybody else agree to that or not? My only comment on that would be that we have specific policies and procedures in place for traffic calming. And it's not unusual that we get concerns on issues on that issue in every new neighborhood where it happens. You have some who want it, some who don't. Um, I mean, I don't mind if we discuss it, but my personal opinion is we have we have processes and procedures and Kent and his staff go through that. And I think we need to follow the processes and procedures. If, if we need to make a change, then we need to look at those policies and procedures. And I think we just looked at them, I think, maybe within the last two to three years and revamped those a little bit. So my, my thought on those is thanks for your input. We have our procedures. It meets the criteria. So we go forward with it. Thank you, Susan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to, to pulling that one out maybe for the purpose of just expressing those, that how that process works. I know there was, I think there was one staff response that was in the packet relating to the so kind of clarifying for the person who'd written in 
that it was because the people there were requesting this and that they'd, they'd met the thresholds for that. But I think it never hurts to reiterate how those decisions are made. So people know we are listening to the comments or we, we receive them. Certainly. I, I think in, in, in talking about the agenda, the mayor's plan is to ask anybody on that item, whether they have comments to be made, we can do that without pulling it out for separate consideration. Are people amendable to that? Sure. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Great. Any other agenda item? Bruce, is it your intent to recommend that we defer um, action on number 10? We've had a that's the mid-american lease for the solar we've we've had a lot of input um but given this situation and and being electronic it, it's not really facilitating that kind of back and forth um and i would be amenable if we if that was suggested that we defer that um and i did mention that to a member of the public today that we might be doing that um, i i've been um I guess somewhat surprised and yet um, pleased by the amount of public input we've had that kind of comes at this with a different perspective than maybe a lot of us were thinking when we were first thinking, hey, great climate crisis, solar panels. Now we have that conflicting piece of our natural habitat and how do we balance these issues? I think you bring up a, a general good point on any item on our agenda. Um, so there are some people that have reached out on this item specifically, as well as some of the other items that we're going um, or talking about on our consent calendar. Where I am uh, personally on on item number ten is there. There will there may be some people tonight that will want to um, from the public that want to weigh in. So in because they'll be present, maybe we'll go ahead and open the public hearing and hear from those that are present, but I won't, but I will probably um, take a motion to defer closing the public hearing, um, you know, keeping it open and then deferring until our next meeting. So that is what my thought process is, where people will already be present tonight um, to ask them to come back again. Um, so that's what I'm thinking is that um, just to ask for a motion, uh, you know, um, so that we can um, keep the public hearing open and then defer until the next meeting. We'll, we'll probably hear from uh, Mid-Am. They have a presentation. And, and if staff wanted to also, you know, weigh in, we can ask questions as counsel to staff, but because I won't close the public hearing, we won't make any decisions. That sounds fine to me. And, and I agree with the proposal to, to, event, to defer in one way or another, because I think it's really important right now for our community to for, that they understand that we're listening, that we appreciate that they're taking the, the time at this moment with all these other stressors to reach out on an, on an issue like this uh, and that we're taking that seriously. Is that means when 
when you say we are not going to close, uh, you, you're going to put a motion to defer closing the public hearing. Is that means we don't vote for it after that? We just uh, discuss it and move on? Or how that will be happening? Yeah. So I think um, questions to Midam, questions to staff for clarification is probably the, the, the most appropriate. Um, the public that will be present will be able to make comments because I would open up the public hearing. But any type of uh, discussion by council beyond questions for clarification, we will defer if, okay. if we have a majority um, until the next meeting. Great. Okay. Good to know. Thanks. And, and, and in general, this is our first meeting doing it virtual. So we want to be cognizant of those individuals that um, are trying to get on. Some will be successful, maybe with a little delay. And there could be some that we're not aware of, wasn't able to get on. So we're going to be very cognizant of that and some of the items on our agenda that we know might be items um, that people do want to weigh in on. I guess when I look through the agenda, I don't really see anything else as we go down through that that I would think that we would necessarily want to. We have to do the budget because the deadline. Um, so, I, I mean, maybe there's things other people see, but I wouldn't see much else there that I think um, would have a whole lot of public input or that would really need deferral. I'm not sure if anybody else thinks differently. If you do, I'm happy to hear thoughts. Yeah, it seems to me the only one that I'm expecting comment would be the, um, the solar field. Yeah, me too. I think that's the only one. And, and I would agree um, that item number 10 um, is, is the one where I've, I've heard from people in the community about. Outside of items on the consent agenda. <laughs> All right. FO packet, March 5th. Packet March 12th. Info Packet March 19th. seem like there's any um, items there that people want to discuss. Um, we know that council <laughs> updates have uh, really shifted um, in this virtual world. And actually, the past couple of weeks, a lot of things have been canceled. Um, we did have our um, kind of our organizational meeting um, and strategic planning meeting. 
you know, within the, I don't, I don't even remember the date. Things are, <laughs> it seems like a year ago. <laughs> but um, we had that, and thank you all for being a part of that. Uh, we'll have to find um, some work session here to add that to the agenda. But as you can imagine, COVID-19 has really been the focus um, um, at, at the forefront of a lot of things that's been happening here. But why don't we, um, um, I think I'll just kind of open it up if anyone has any council updates on assigned boards, commissions, or committees. Yeah, the ECOG meeting was canceled. Nothing for me. Jack has been canceled for now. For now. From me, nothing for me as well. I had a UNESCO City of Literature meeting on the 10th uh, before our strategic planning meeting, which does seem like years ago at this point. Um, we actually met in person all around the same table, but um, I, I would just do a good job of um, helping with uh, coordinating for that organization. And of course, there's travel involved and book festival and that kind of thing, but. I've been pleased that they're planning and adapting like every other um, agency. All right, and a lot of the things that I had scheduled beyond COVID-19 related items have been canceled. Um, typically they were canceled, so I have no updates as well. If there are no more updates for uh, this time or no other items for right now. We will reconvene at 7 p.m. for our formal meeting. I did have maybe one uh, question just relating to what people's thoughts are for future work session times. Are we comfortable with 5 p.m. or do we want to move them back to 6? Um, I would propose that we keep our formal meetings at 7. I think it depends. Uh, like today, we don't have a lot of in the agenda. We know this is, everything will go like very fast. But if we have something that needs time, we keep our two hour. If we don't, we just make it. You know, as soon as the agenda come out, maybe we can say what what we want to do. I think for the public, I would encourage that we just keep it at five. If we don't have a long agenda, it just gives us a little bit more of a break in between. Um, but since we are doing this all publicly, even though it is, you know, electronically right now, it's been, we've been very consistent with that time. I know it's a different way for people to access it, but at least that would be one consistent thing for, for the public. So I would keep it at five. I, I would agree. There's been so much that's been disrupted why not keep our times the same? I agree, the consistency agree and not knowing, you know, what's going to come up in the next few weeks, we may need that extra time. Uh, right. agree. We'll go with 5 p.m. and we'll see you in a little over an hour. So okay. see you at seven. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.